0: How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Well, if you are visiting, uh, I'm not Pastor Mike, and I'm not Miss Melody. They're much better Miss looking Melody. than us. <laughs> uh, our pastors are actually in Houston, Texas. Um, if if everyone, if anyone remembers Clint and Laura Zeller, they um,
1: used to be the yeah. They used youth to be leaders. the youth leaders yeah. here,
0: youth pastors, and they moved to Houston to be directors of Caris Bible College in Houston, yeah. and. Uh, they that wasn't enough for them, yeah. so they decided to plant a church, too. Yeah. So, Pastor is there this morning. Uh, Miss Melody's there, too, and their pastor's speaking. So, you're stuck with us. My name's Nathan. Uh, I lead the men's group here, and I help usher, and I do whatever else they tell me to do.
1: Yes, I'm Danielle. I do the worship here at RMFC, and I help out with the women's group, and I clean. So if anything's gross, I'm sorry. I, I try to do a good job. <laughs> She's
0: so. slacking. <laughs> so. so what we want to talk about today is, is really uh, share with you guys, and you know, it's kind of laid back. Uh, we want to share with you guys our testimony uh, when it comes to our marriage. How yeah. we were in really a place of, of destruction and, and darkness, yeah. and and where we are now, which is uh, much I mean, better, much better, a lot better. So we're gonna get into some things here, and um, we told the first service, if you get offended, uh, <laughs> come back next week when Pastor's back, and then leave the church so we can't get blamed <laughs> <Yeah>. for it. <laughs> So uh, I think we don't want to get in trouble. That's so. a good deal. So we don't want to get in trouble.
1: We're so. gonna be talking about how we found fulfillment in our marriage. And really like if you're not married, um, don't, don't leave, leave. <laughs> because you can apply this to other relationships. So it's not don't check out like, oh, they're talking about being married, I'm not married. So yeah, definitely stick around. You might like a thing or two that we say. So
0: hopefully you do anyway.
1: <laughs> so we're gonna start off by talking about how we met. Uh, My dad and I moved to Oklahoma from Kentucky when I was about six, and he started volunteering in the audio department with his dad. So his mom babysat me. So our families have been friends forever. No, not long at all, because we're not old. (laughs) So like (laughs) 10 years, no. So they've been friends for a really long time. But we ended up moving away. You know, We became missionaries in Africa. And... Eventually, we came back, but he went into the Army.
0: Yeah, I was in the Army for about 10 years, and um, I uh, ended up going overseas uh, five times, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, and that's kind of how everything... Uh, the beginning of our marriage started out
1: yeah but before that happened i went to bible school in oklahoma and that's kind of how we reconnected his brother actually was a good friend of mine and so he kind of got us together so yeah
0: and i was home on leave one time uh this time we're talking about and and my brother he comes up to me and uh, he says man you remember danielle i said no not really and uh, she's yeah you remember mom Apparently used I'm not to <laughs> you remember, you remember uh, mom used to you know babysitter when we were oh yeah Danielle and uh, he's like man she's gonna be at Starbucks um, you know in, in like 30 minutes I-, I forgot what it was and uh, she's like she wants to meet with us Do you want to go and I was like no and uh, he's like why not God, we- yeah I was like, yeah and uh, and he's like why not I was like I, I just really don't you know. Care that much or whatever, and then uh, and he's like, Come on, man, it'll be awesome. I said, Okay, I'll go. And so we went, and um, you know, we just started talking or whatever. And I even forgot my brother was there once I started talking to her. See, he was smitten. He was smitten. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, What are you doing later? Uh, you can want to go grab something to eat or something like that? And she's like, Yeah. And uh, you know, one thing led to another, and we were eating done or whatever she's like you want to come back to my apartment
1: okay that sounds really bad (laughs) you need to add other details
0: her roommate was there my
1: roommate was there she said lord this is church
0: (laughs) (laughs) and so we went back to her apartment and yeah her roommate was there uh and we're at her apartment and she said uh (laughs) we're about to watch a movie and she's like i'm gonna go in the back room and slip into something more comfortable
1: (laughs) again my intentions were good. Okay. Hurry and finish the story. This big around, my
0: heart starts beating. Sounds horrible. And I was like, what do I do? You know, like she's you know those
1: Bible school. Students. Yeah. I mean, I know
0: she's in Bible school, but I don't know her. I'm like, what do I do? So I'm like sitting there on the couch. I'm like, man, what's going on here? I'm like, should I start doing some pushups or something? Get off. You know, so when I come out, I'm all like this. And uh, oh,
1: Lord. and so she comes out
0: in sweatshirt and Sweatpants. Yeah. So
1: I got more comfortable. I was like, man, so. this chick is
0: crazy. She's already trying to kill me. <laughs> so,
1: our our relationship started off with a bang. It started, you know, and it went really fast. We that was in November, yeah. and then we got engaged in March. And then he was going to deploy in the beginning of September. So he was like, I want to leave a wife, not a girlfriend. So end of June. We got married, and so we basically had a month or two before he deployed for 13 months. So that was kind of when, you know, everything really started to kind of go downhill.
0: Yeah, because what would happen is, is uh, and I shared my testimony a couple months ago, but uh, basically what would happen is I would go overseas, and then I would come back, and I would be going through these things. Uh, my anger was through the roof. Uh, I started drinking really heavy. And, um, and that stuff that I was experiencing in, in, uh, in my mind and stuff was starting to spill over into our marriage and a- affect yeah. our marriage.
1: Yeah, and I myself was struggling. You know, I couldn't really deal very well. I mean, by the fifth deployment, I'm pretty sure I got the hang of it. But, you know, like the first or second deployment, I was having a really hard time. I was sad and just, you know, feeling empty because I wasn't centered on Christ and You know, so basically, I just, it kind of turned into anger. So we were like two explosive angers, which ended in this huge bonfire. So yeah, not not good.
0: It was not good.
1: (laughs) Not good at all. So basically, when he came back, you know, he was having all of these issues. And I was going to church, but it was more like checking a religious box. I wasn't on fire for God. It was just like, okay, I go to church, you know. And he wasn't going to church. And I kept nagging him, you know, like sometimes none of us wives, but in some other places that we've heard of, there's wives who nag, not us though. And so back then I was just nagging him. You need to go to church. And he did not want to.
0: No, I wanted no part of it. You know, I always thought that the stuff that I did, um, and experienced that that God was mad at me or, you know, I kind of grew up, uh, in legalism and stuff. So I wanted no part. Of anything that had to do with church, uh, I, you know, in my mind, I thought that that, that God was uh, had turned his back on me uh, for you know some of the things that I did, and so I wanted no part of it. She's like, you need to go to church. Yeah, you need to do this, and, I'm and like,
1: I, nope. I just kept trying to talk him into going to church because it was kind of like, I compare it to um, when a kid throws up, not going to church, but um, (laughs) when your child throws up. We had our oldest son. He threw up in his bedroom. Then he came in my bedroom to tell me he had thrown up, threw up in my bedroom, and then I hit a third room in the house. And I was just like, I didn't know exactly what to do, but I thought, if I can just get you to a bathtub, I feel like we can go from there. And that was kind of how it was with him, I thought. I don't know what to do with you, but I feel like if I can just get you to church, something good's going to happen and we can go from there. But, you know, I was trying to change him with my words and it just wasn't working. I was approaching the situation, you know, through religious attitude instead of the lens of grace and that's not going to change anything. And honestly, you know, religion is not one of the number one reasons that we do struggle in relationships because it takes our focus off of Jesus and it places it on that person. And that's what happens when, you know, we're not centered on Christ. We allow our emotions to rule us. And that's definitely what we were both doing in our relationship.
0: Yeah. It would just, the smallest thing would just set me off, you know, and then I wasn't, you know, I was just in my mind. I was like, man, if she would just stop telling me to go to church, everything would be okay. Or if Mm -hmm. she would just stop doing this, everything our marriage would be okay when in reality I was I was a mess yeah and I wasn't helping the
1: situation (laughs) so instead of looking to Jesus for like our joy and our peace you know we looked to someone else I was looking to him to fulfill me and when he didn't I would react to that and there's a story of when the chicken and orange juice story tell it (laughs) (laughs) it was a it was a fun, fun time. After one of his deployments, he came home, and we went to the grocery store, and we were, you know, he wanted some chicken legs. So we went to the deli, and there's big, you know, container of chicken legs. Fresh. Yeah. As much
0: as you could eat right there in front of me.
1: Yeah. I, I think they had it in for him. He asked for three chicken legs, and the three, lady was like. that's all I wanted,
0: and they had just put out a whole batch, man.
1: Yeah, and. She was like, I can't sell you three, but I can sell you two. There was, like, 20. And she, she said, no, I can sell you two. And he, I was like, oh, Jesus, it's, it's about to happen. Okay. <laughs> and, so, and he was calm at first, and he's like, no, I want three. And she's like, no, I can only sell you two. And he's like, well, how about you sell me two and her two? He's like, no, I can only sell you. And I was like, oh, and sure enough, it was... <laughs> All of a sudden, he was like, forget this. Like, really loud.
0: I said a word that starts with F, but it wasn't forget.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm not going to say that in church. We won't so. say that in church, no. <laughs> So he said, forget this. And, like, he had a container of orange juice. He stormed off. There was a display. He, like, slammed it down. And orange juice just went everywhere. And me, like the moron I am, was just standing there still. So everyone just turns to me, like, oh, so what Like, I had, you know, anyway, I was just like, oh, Lord Jesus. So, of course, I reacted to that, and I was angry because I was embarrassed, you know. When you're centered on Christ, things like that roll off of you. But see, I wasn't centered on Christ, and so my emotions were reacting to his actions. And, you know, instead of becoming centered on ourselves and our feelings, we have to become centered on Christ so that we have that stable foundation,
0: yeah, there's a scripture in in John uh, John thirteen thirty four. It says, "So now I'm giving you a new commandment: love each other, just as I have, just as I have loved you, you should love each other." So basically, what's what that saying? Is you have to know how God and how Christ mm-hmm. loves us in order for you to love one another. Mm-hmm. And when you don't know how God loves you, when you think he's mad at you, when you think he's holding your past against you, mm-hmm. um, you won't be able to love one another, uh, your spouse, your boss, or any anyone for that matter. And... You know, when it, it, it seemed like that divorce was the only option for us. Yeah. And, and we came to that point.
1: And if you've been divorced, this is no condemnation because God doesn't care about your past and neither do we. This is just our marriage it's testimony. It's just our story. We
0: don't want to start bringing up the past because you guys are probably Except throwing for ours. out of here.
1: <laughs> we're bringing up our past, but nobody else's.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it, it seemed like that, that was the point that we were at. That was, that was the only way to go was, was divorce. I remember this one time, uh, we were at a party for my work.
1: Which always included alcohol. Yeah, which
0: always included alcohol and uh, fighting and all sorts of stuff going on. Just, just, just yeah, craziness. Yeah. And we were uh, downtown in the city that we lived in, and I was done. I was ready to leave. Uh, I was done. I was like, I'm leaving now. And she didn't want to leave. And she wanted to, to stay, and she wanted to go out with some other people. And I'm like, no, man, I am done. I was like, get in the car now. Which,
1: (laughs) that never went over well. I'm sure there was a head wag and a finger involved, like, oh, no, he didn't. You know, talk to me like that. (laughs) I don't ever recommend that. We are not going anywhere. (laughs) I was just
0: done. And uh, I don't know why she got in, you know, my truck, but she did. And so, you know, I'm done. I'm headed home, and I've been drinking all night and, and all day, really. And, you know, and I'm going like 85 miles an hour down this road that goes through the center of our town that we lived in, uh, Phoenix City.
1: Which is probably like 45. Yeah, it was like
0: a 40 miles an hour. Yeah, probably 45. But, man, I'm just, you know, I've got it hammered. I'm going down uh, that road like 85 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, the cops pull me over. And um, so I pull in to, I forget where we were, gas station or something. And I roll the windows down real quick so he doesn't smell the alcohol in my breath. Because we're both, I mean... We've both mm-hmm. been drinking, yeah. and, uh, you know, she starts crying mm-hmm. and, because she knows what's going to happen if I get a DUI. Uh, it,
1: it's it, a different it, in yeah, the I, Army. Yeah, it's, it's
0: different in the unit I was in. You get in any sort of trouble, you're kicked out of the unit
1: yeah.
0: uh, And in the particular place I was in, and so I'm, I'm like, be quiet, you know, and we're fighting just it's crazy. you know. She's like,
1: yeah, shut up, this and that. It's like when your mom <laughs> is, like, yelling at you, and then she, rah, rah, rah and answers the phone, hello. You know, that's <laughs> how we were up until the cop. It was like, rah, rah. And then the cop, yeah. you know, that's basically how it was.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he comes up, he takes my uh, license and everything, and he goes back to his car. And then we're, you know, once he's out of, uh, you back know, at it. yeah, we're back at it, just bumping heads. And, um, he's, he's back there for a while and I'm like, oh, this is not good. And so he, he comes back to my truck mm-hmm. And he hands me my license and registration back, and he's like, can you please just slow down? I think he looked at our address and uh, knew that we lived right down the road. And he's like, can you please just slow down and, and, and go home? And I said, yes, I will. And so he left, and we left, and we went home. We were and, still fighting. Yeah, we were still fighting. I mean, it just started in. And uh, we get home, and she's like, I'm leaving. And I was like, no, you're not. She's like, I'm going to go back out, and I'm going to go with whoever it was. And I was like, no, you're not. You're staying here. She gets in my truck, and she goes to leave. And she's backing out of the driveway, and I storm out of the house. And uh,
1: I, I a had a, a
0: habit of throwing things and punching holes in walls and stuff. And so I run out of the house, and um, I had nothing to grab. I was like, oh, I need something to throw. And so I grabbed my knife. I, I, I had a, a, like a pocket knife. And, and I throw it through our car windshield. We have a carpool. My
1: car, not his yeah. car.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I picked her car, not my truck. <laughs> yeah. So I throw it through the windshield. And, um, and then I, I, I pick up our grill, and I throw our grill. The grill's destroyed. And um, I'm just acting like, like an a,
1: adult a child, tantrum.
0: man. And
1: so she'd, I had already drove yeah, it Yeah, she'd it already, was. you know,
0: hightailed it out of there. And uh, I sent her text. I was like, I want a divorce. I'm done. You know, we're done. I'm done. I'm out of here. This, she said. uh, She she came back to uh, the house. I was mad. Yeah, she was really (laughs) mad. She she pulled up to the house and she comes in there. She's like, uh, she gets in my face and she's like, "Don't you ever, you know, make threats. You better follow through. Don't play (laughs) mind." And it was just a a complete mess.
1: Total destruction. Yeah.
0: It was just it was just horrible. And, you know, I I laugh now because we had a dog back then, and uh, we have the same dog today. And sometimes I think he looks inside the, you know, like the window, and is like, are these the same people that adopted you? Like, did I I switch homes or something? Or Rocky. (laughs) But that's where we were, you know? And uh, that, you know, it all sounds crazy, but uh, we didn't know how to love one another because we didn't have that that revelation of how God... um, Loves us, so yeah. we weren't able to to love, uh, you know, one another.
1: And you have to know how Christ loves you, like He said, and that comes from having a relationship with Him, and that helps you understand how you're supposed to love, you know. And the Bible talks to both women and men, like He addresses wives, uh, talks about a wife changing her husband not with her words, but with her actions, which is really hard because us wives like to talk, you know. And sometimes we know that what we want to say is good. But, you know, sometimes we don't always need to say it. And in 1 Peter 3, 1, Amplified, the men aren't allowed to laugh at that one. 1 Peter 3, 1, Amplified Version says, In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, subordinate, not as inferior, but out of respect for the responsibilities entrusted to husbands and their accountability to God. And so partnering with them so that even if some do not obey the word of God, they may be won over to Christ without discussion by the godly lives of their wives. You know, a lot of times with this verse, wives, we like we hear it and we're like, okay, you lost a set submission. Like this whole control thing. Nope, I'm out. I just checked out. But you know, what this is talking about is talking about partnering with your husband because your husband has a calling on his life. And you are a part of that. So you partner with him to support that calling on his life and our lives. We both, you know, once we came out of this, started to realize that we had a calling. And so you come together as a team. And so it says, like, you know, so even if maybe you're not in a relationship where the husband or the wife are Christian, you know, your husband can be changed by your actions, not just your words. But see, that's not what I was doing. I was trying to change him with my words, and that wasn't working.
0: Yeah, and that, that scripture, you know, um, I research a lot of, like, teachings for the men's group and stuff, and a lot of teachings I find it's always the, the, the man uh, bringing up this scripture to the wife where it says, be submissive to your own husbands, and that's all they see, right? They only see what it says to the wife, but in the Amplified Version, man, if you, if you look down a little further uh, in that scripture, it talks about the responsibilities entrusted to the husbands and their accountability to God so you read that and you're like well what is that um in Ephesians
1: we're glad
0: you asked yeah we're glad you asked because here you go uh the men have a tall order Um, (laughs) Ephesians 5 25 through 28 and the message says this it says husbands go all out in love for your wives exactly as Christ did for the church a love marked by giving not getting Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring out the best in her, uh, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And this is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. So <laughs> the, the husband's... Uh, responsibility is to love his wife like Christ loved the church. And so you think about that. Well, how, how did Christ love the church? You know, what, what did he do? Well, he came down in, in, uh, Philippians, in Philippians two seven. It says, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. That, that, that phrase there, of no reputation, that, that um, the... The meaning of that is he emptied himself. So whenever you think of, of what Christ did for the church and how the husband is supposed to love the wife, you think that he's supposed to empty himself. He's supposed to humble himself. He's supposed to give himself up for her like Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus is our example for, for, for everything, uh, not religion or anything like that. We look at Christ as our example. And never has, has Jesus... Um, been controlling over us, never has Jesus, you know, tell, you know, I'm, you better do this, this, you better do that. Uh, (laughs) Jesus gave himself up for us. He made himself of no reputation. And that's the attitude that that husbands ought to have towards their wives.
1: And wives toward their husbands. Yeah, and
0: wives towards their husbands. Both of those scriptures, the one to the husband and the one to the wives, that they both convey the heart of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's really what you want in a marriage is is, is to look to Christ. Yeah. And um, when you do that, you know, all this, you know, the husband's the leader and the, you know, submit to your wife and all that religious garbage just goes out the window because mm-hmm. you're both equal. You're both, um, yeah. you're both equal. And, you know, so how we started to find fulfillment, you know, mm-hmm. you, we've talked about where we were and all the stuff that went with that. And now, you know, you're probably like, well, how'd you get there? You know, yeah. how did you, you know, right. how did you get to where you are today? How we found fulfillment is we, we got a revelation of who we were in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that started to, to spill out into our marriage. Mm-hmm. And before, um, you know, we tried other things. We tried to go to marriage counseling. We tried to go to marriage conferences that weren't, you know, like grace-based or whatever. Mm-hmm. We went to this one my, uh, that was put on by the Army. So it has to be good, right? <laughs> and you know, it was it was in Destin, Florida. Has anybody ever didn't been to Destin, Florida? Yeah, it a really nice place. And uh, they put us up in this nice resort. You know, mm-hmm. the conditions were perfect. You know, and, and it was Christian because uh, it was through yeah, the chaplain. Yeah, the chaplain I mean? set so. it up. So I mean, it's got to be good. Um,
1: because the divorce rate and the... It was like 80% yeah, or something. Yeah, it was really bad. So
0: yeah, they're, they're like, like uh, we're, we're going to separate you
1: for a year and then send you to a marriage conference to try and heal yeah. what we've just done. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, we need to do something here. Huh? Yeah. But no, you know, we were there and uh, we fought the whole time. You know, mm-hmm. We're in this nice resort. We, the, the, comp- uh, the unit subsidized most of the cost, so we paid very, uh, a very low price to get there.
1: Mm-hmm. We're in this
0: nice resort, uh, you know the beaches there and everything. It was nice, but man, we fought. It was the miserable, whole time. yeah.
1: We we always kind of had this rule that you know, no matter what was happening we would not fight in public that was just like our thing so and we still we don't you know if we have any issues we talk about it privately but it was funny because you know we were in this situation where we would fight 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 and I think in even one of the sessions you know we started arguing about something and I was leaving and he was following me out and he accidentally stepped on my flip-flop and so I just like face planted and I remember I stood accident. up and I was like but because we had been fighting I thought, thought he it was, was just purpose. like you know and so I I was like, "Stop it!" Right you know, of yeah. so like, of course, you
0: broke the rule. <laughs> oh, no.
1: of course. Like we were reacting to each other emotionally, you know, just because we had no concept of Christ in us, you know, or who our identity was. So, I mean, even that—we're not saying counseling is bad. It's not. It's good. Marriage conferences are awesome, but for us, you know, what really began to help was just finding our identity in Christ.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 in the New Living Translation says this. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Mm-hmm. You're probably like, well, what does that have to do with marriage? Well, When you think of yourself as God's masterpiece, when you think that that, that, that I am God's masterpiece, no matter what I've done in my past, no matter what where I come from, who I am, what's my name—that uh, that God's not holding any of that against you. But when you when you are made new in Christ, that you are God's masterpiece, and that's how God sees you, no matter what you've done. When you get that down inside of you, that starts to that grace starts to spill over into your marriage. Mm-hmm. So no, so now I no longer look at her as my as my spouse. Uh, who I love and everything, I look at her as God's masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And that'll start to change everything in your marriage. You'll start to mm-hmm. find uh, a fulfillment that you've never found before. Because you're looking at her, you know, and all the annoying stuff she does and all the... <laughs> it's
1: like maybe all, one or two. All
0: the annoying stuff I do just, you know, <laughs> it, it seems to, you know, to...
1: It just rolls up. Yeah,
0: it just rolls up because it's a mm-hmm. partnership. And,
1: and you're not basing your happiness, like their actions on your happiness. Yeah, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's
0: a partnership. Uh, and Christ is at the center of it. You have what, what, what we call a Christ-centered marriage. Mm-hmm. So uh, another scripture, uh, another good scripture is this. And this scripture is kind of uh, different. It's kind of plucked out of the context there. But there's a principle here that I believe, uh, we both believe, that you can, you mm-hmm. can um, apply to your marriage. It's Ecclesiastes 4.12. Uh, it says, by yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. And so you're like, well, what does that mean? Well, you know, by yourself, you know, you, you, you probably, you know, you're, you can't do anything. But yeah. me and her together, even if you have a great marriage and, you know, uh, you have nothing to do with God, but you have a great marriage, you're as happy as you can, you can, you can go through stuff. Mm-hmm. But now you had a third person in there, which is Christ. Mm-hmm. You had Christ into your marriage, I mean, you can, you can face anything, you can face anything,
1: yeah,
0: I was out running yesterday, and in Pueblo West, man, the wind was gusting like, man, you guys, yeah, man, the I wind was, was at was, home
1: eating ice cream,
0: and I got out there, man, I got, <laughs> uh, I got maybe, I don't know, a quarter of a mile away from my house, where it all opens up, um, and there's no houses, and man, the wind was just hitting me, and it was a crosswind, so as I was running, I was trying to trying to stay. I mean, it was gusting like probably 30 or 40. It was horrible.
1: He came back home. I was like, what took you I so long? I was like, dude, this
0: sucks. And, uh, but I thought of something. You know, if if, if you're running and a wind is, is coming and it's blowing you all over the place, if I was to grab arms with her and have her with me, we could probably handle it a little better. Mm. But if we had someone... Um, you know, like someone like really big, like Tony over there, you know, or or, or even someone like uh, Dwayne Johnson, the actor, like The Rock. You know how big he is. If you had him and you put him in the center of you, and you start running, you can withstand that forty mile an hour wind. You could probably even withstand a hundred mile an hour wind. The same concept goes into your marriage when you put Christ at the center and you both grab a hold of him. You can handle anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah,
1: it was good. good.
0: So that's. That's yes, good.
1: knowing your identity, you know, you can find happiness in Jesus. Even, like he said, if you're not in a good relationship, you can have joy in any situation. Because a lot of times if you're in a bad relationship, you think, well, if they would just do this. I, I had thought, if he would just go to church, I would be happy, you know. and But it's always going to be something else when you're trying to find your happiness through that. You know, he was like, if she would just stop asking me to go to church, I'll be happy. But again, it's always going to be something else. But with Christ, you can have joy in any situation. You know, as we come to know God, we become the best version of ourselves. Like, I could not even imagine 10 years ago, we've been married almost 13 years, like, even eight years ago, like, him being, you know, the man that he is today. Like, I used to pray, like, thank you, God, that you'll create, you've will create. you created him for a purpose and that you make him the man that you have created him to be you know not asking specific details because this was not something that i could have come up with you know this is all god and even us preaching together we used to not be able to even work together
0: yeah whenever we started (laughs) to turn things around uh kind of dig ourselves up out of that pit that we were in um and we started going to church and everything and, and, and god started speaking to us about some things that he wanted us to do and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we were kind of new and all that and everything. And then we'd get to, you know, fighting and stuff. And we just couldn't work together, no matter what it was. We'd be talking about our finances, uh, and, man, it would just start in. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything, man, it, it doesn't matter what it was. And I told her, I was like, we will never be able to work together, no matter what. I, I, I know it. There's no way that we have a future in working on anything together.
1: So here we are. So here we're we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's just a testimony, you know, to who... God is. And that's why it's so important to know individually first who you are in Christ. Because when you know individually first who you are in Christ, then your identity isn't wrapped up in that person, your spouse or who anyone says that you are. When you're trying to find out who you are, you know, in your spouse, then the moment they say or do something wrong, you know, that's just you're crushed. And so that's why it's so important. You know, in second Peter one three it says as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So that right there, the knowledge of him, knowing Christ, you realize that all of that stuff, the peace, the joy, the patience, all of that is already inside of you. All you have to do is access it. And so everything's been provided for you, and that grace enters into your marriage. And you know... One of the cool things when he was in the military, the deployments weren't cool, but um, he thought they were. But, um, you know, one of the cool things was that he was the one in the Army. I wasn't in the Army, but I got to access the benefits of him being in the Army. So the health insurance, I always used to joke, that's why I married him for the free health insurance, but it wasn't true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the insurance policy. Yeah,
1: it's pretty good, pretty like, Man, good. she's going to kill me. <laughs> part, of, You know, you were part of a community, like... Because a lot of times you lived, you know, far away from family, but they were like your family. So all of these benefits, even though I wasn't physically in the army, I got to enjoy those benefits. And, you know, it's the same with Jesus. You know, he died on the cross. I didn't die on the cross. He rose again. I didn't, you know, raise up from the dead. But I get to partake in all of those benefits that he went and did for me. So all of that peace, that joy, that happiness... That's why when you know who you are in Christ, you can be happy, you know, and it's not dependent upon what your spouse does, even though we should talk kindly to each other, you know, but that's not where your happiness lies. And honestly, it just makes you so much more stable because you know those that God's truth so deeply inside of you that when someone tells you differently, well, it doesn't matter because you know who you are. And when you base, you know, your identity on wh- what people say you are, it causes insecurity. So basically, the easiest way to turn that around is, you know, to know who you are in Christ. And that's what we did. And that's what continues to strengthen our relationship.
0: Yeah, and we're not perfect. We're still going through some things, I am. Not,
1: no, <laughs> but, you know, like she
0: said, you know, Christ is at the center of our marriage. We have, you know, a, a Christ-centered marriage. And, yeah. and that's where total fulfillment comes from. Uh, having, putting Christ at the center of, of everything, really, because he... He's our example.
1: Yeah. And as you know him more and more, you become changed from the inside out. Like, I, we talk about it all the time. It's like, like he said, we're not perfect, but we're just amazed at where we are now versus where we used to be. You know, it's like, when did this happen? It's not, you just feel like...
0: It's like an effortless it, change. Yeah, and it
1: really was. You know, when we tried to change the other one on our own, it never worked. And you know, what we would have tried to change the other person into probably wouldn't have even have been something that we would have liked, honestly. But God knows us more than anyone. He knows all of your little quirks. He knows what you love, you know what I mean? And he, he's just continually changing us from the inside out. And like I said, he makes you the best version of yourselves. And knowing God just makes you better and makes your relationship better.
0: Yeah, so. that's really good.